everybody. I'm Kelly Wilkness with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks. Today is episode 304, the most common decorating questions. Very exciting. And we, the show notes for today's episode, you can find at decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash 304. Yeah, uh, these are compiled from a lot of questions that we get and the questions we see across the internet. So I think these are questions that are asked a lot. And so we thought we'd uh, give you our take on them today. Yeah, and we'll go back and forth. We'll, we'll probably both chime in on all the answers if I usually can't control myself. So yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> okay. So give me one. All right. So this one, uh, it's, it is... Do you have to match your wood furniture to the color of your wood floor? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) No, you do not. In fact, I would probably discourage that. It's in the matchy matchy realm. Um, And I think also depending on how much wood furniture you have, that it might just be very heavy and uh, too dark. Um, I guess you could also have light wood furniture, but I'm kind of picturing in my mind's eye darker furniture. Um, Yeah, I think you need to shake it up. Just like we say with lots of things, you need to add in a lot of different textures and colors and looks and wood tones are perfectly fine to work together. And again, you know, this is in a vacuum in a sense. Uh, We would, if someone had a particular question on that, we would love to see photos so we could really give more advice. But in generally, no, you do not. I would have to say ditto. Okay. (laughs) Done. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. And I did have an issue in our old house where I was putting in wood floors and we had stained cabinetry. And then that really did get a dilemma of matching. I did end up going with a floor that was fairly similar, but then uh, the, anyway, that that's what we did. And then we painted the cabinets later, but yeah. Right, right. Then you mm-hmm. probably would paint the cabinets later, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So then, the- you know, if anybody has a lot of wood furniture and wood floors, I would definitely recommend if you haven't listened to it, listen to our episode I think it's 277, Anita, the one that we did on wood furniture. I, we hear tell, people think it's really funny, plus it's very informative. So if you are if you have a lot of Oh, the brown furniture, furniture episode. Yeah, the brown okay. furniture okay. one. Okay. Right, yeah. right. Okay. So, uh, and then the uh, next question is very similar, and that is, does all the wood furniture in a room need to match? And when I started decorating, uh, when we bought our first house- uh, I thought the answer was yes. And I spent a long time replacing old furniture with new furniture so that it was all exactly the same. And by the time I got it where it was all exactly the same, I decided that really it shouldn't all be the same. <laughs> so then I went backwards the other way. <laughs> well, uh, at some point mm-hmm. in time, it, it, matching furniture sets were kind of a thing. And so, you know, the general, if you extend that just a little bit, that means all then all the furniture that's wood should match. But that is definitely not the way you should be decorating for a classic uh, timeless look and certainly not the way we decorate today. Right. And I think it's a nice mix to mix in different wood tones and some painted furniture. I think it's nice to have some painted furniture with the stained wood furniture. I think it's nice to have a little bit of both. I think you can get out of balance if it's all painted or if it's all stained. I think it's nice to 
uh, have a little bit, you know, no matter which way you go, just to throw in something here and there uh, to mix it up. And as far as the wood cones go, I think a lot of them do work very well together. I think the one wood tone that does not play well with a lot of other wood tones are is mahogany or cherry. The really red tones, I think, don't go so well with some of the other stains. So just check that and be careful. Uh, that's my take on that. Okay. And let me jump in here on that. We have a longtime listener and definitely supporter of Decorating Tips and Tricks, our pal Karen O. And Hi, Karen, Karen, after we did some episode, I don't remember which one it was, regarding wood furniture, and we, either myself or Anita or both of us, said something very similar to what she just said about having the red-toned woods being difficult to work with, more right. difficult than other tones. Right. So Karen, I, mm-hmm. I would not say she took umbrage with it, but she okay. definitely wants to let us okay. know yes. that her wood floor, which is acacia wood, am I saying that right? Um, is has the red tones, but it's a blend of colors. Oh, okay. And because of it, this particular type of wood is A-C-A-C-I-A, mm-hmm. anybody who's wondering, it's uh, this blend, it really does lend itself to mixing with others. So oh, good. that is very different. And okay. when we email exchange about it, I said to Karen, that's not, you know, that's great to know about because I didn't really know about that particular kind of wood. Uh, what we're really talking about is more of that flat toned, you know, mahogany. It's just red or cherry where it's just really the red. And, and it we're not saying it's horrible. We're saying it's difficult to work with when you're right. mixing in others. More uh, difficult. Wood right. tones. That's what right. we're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I had this noted in my little book here. And I was like, when when is this going to come up again? And boy. Oh, you, there you go. You gave me the entree for that. So Karen, hope you're listening today, babe. All right. Well, here's another question. When you... Where do you stop and start color if you have an open floor plan, but you want each area to have a different color? That can be very challenging. Now, that would be something where I, I, as the homeowner or I, as the decorator helper, I would really be looking as to where the walls meet and break, where I have a 90 degree or where I have some sort of transition, whether it be a doorway, a door frame. If I didn't have anything like that in the room, my default would probably be to stay in one color in the area because it's going to look strange if you just decide, you know, midway down this wall, you're going to change colors. If you really wanted to change colors, I had this issue when we had our house out in Southampton. It was open concept, high ceilings, different height ceilings, pitched here, not pitched there. Oh, it was very difficult. But I did want to do some dirt differentiation in the color. So I dropped a, what would be sort of like a chair rail. So as molding, but I did it on the vertical to create a break. And, you know, and it wasn't just sort of mid giant wall. It was at an area where it was transitioning, but you know, you were clearly stepping from one room to the next. In fact, I even think that the flooring was changing. We had wood and then there was some carpet. So it did make sense that you could break it there, but there was no uh, visual change on the wall. So I added that piece. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good thought. And my suggestion would be if it's an open concept room to keep the colors 
pretty even throughout. I I don't think I would recommend you going for a different color in different areas of an open concept room. And I think you took it as a wall color yeah, question. Yeah, I did. Yes, and I, did. I wasn't sure whether it was wall color or the furniture in the room, but uh-huh. either way, I would I would go with I don't think I would do that. I think I would go with something cohesive for the whole area. Yeah, I think I probably would too. But if there's some reason why you really wouldn't, like I'm thinking of my house that we had out there, like it was open, whereas you could see everything, but there was definitely, the dining room was definitely sort of slightly off to itself. And that's where I did this. Okay. Oh, so you got something that, yeah. Okay. Well, you, if you made it work, then I'm, I'm, I trust you. I'm sure. It, oh, okay. I'm sure I don't it was have lovely. any photos of that though. No. Well that. then even better. We just have to. <laughs> Yeah, it looked great. Sorry, I can't show you. (laughs) Yeah, see, there you go. It all works out in the end. Okay, so the next question is, is it worth reupholstering old furniture if you love the shape of the piece, but you don't like the fabric on it? And my answer to that is, I think absolutely it is worth it. With this caveat, if your point is to save money, you will not save money reupholstering an old piece of furniture. So I think most people opt just to buy something new. But if there's something special about that particular piece of furniture that you have, for example, I have a lot of antiques that have beautiful hand-carved wood on them that you cannot you cannot buy something like it new now. It just is not available anywhere. And so in that particular case, it's absolutely worth it for me to get it reupholstered because I can't get that look new. Uh, so even if there's some particular shape of a sofa, something that you're really in love with, I think absolutely uh, reupholster it. But just keep in mind, it's going to cost about the same as something new. Yes, I am always surprised with clients when they say, "Yeah, well, I'm just going to we'll just re- we'll reupholster that." You know, it's just like the the sofa and the the den or the kids' room, and they they really in their mind think it's less expensive than going buying something new. Um, sure, there's a lot of cheap sofas and things out there, which, you know, unless you're on extreme budget or you have toddlers or teenagers or something like that, and they're going to be predominantly using it, you know, we're, we're recommending that you don't buy the cheapest sofa that you can get because it's not going to last. You're going to have to replace it. So if you if you're going to buy a new sofa, it's going to be fairly expensive and it probably would be in line with what it would cost you to reupholster one that you have. I 100% agree with Anita. If the lines really move you on a certain sofa or it's for sentimental reasons, something that you want to keep or it just really works with your look, then go for it. Reupholster it. Bringing an old piece back to life and not sending it off to a landfill is good on so many levels. And if you can thrift it, which is what I did with the sofa in our living room, I bought it at my favorite thrift store and I just loved the lines. It was perfect for the house. And then I had it done in this charcoal linen, which just completely changed the look. gorgeous. Yes. But it is, it was not inexpensive. But- I couldn't, like you're saying, I couldn't get that anyplace else. And I mean, it's completely my own. Like no one in the whole world has that sofa the way it is. And I love that. And remember how we say you need a guy for, you just have a guy and it could be a girl. Yeah. We, we're not judging, but have somebody for, you know, if you need electrical work done, if you need some carpentry work in your house and definitely, I mean, have on your speed dial, somebody who does upholstery. And, uh, you know, these names, I know designers do not give these names out. 
uh, once you have a good upholstery person, they're they're like gold. Oh, I'll tell you. Well, if you're near me, Mr. Lanzetti, okay. he's my guy. I'll mm-hmm. share. It's okay. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. I mean, it's he, he's an artist. So anyway, give me another question. Okay. Should you paint, if you have wood trim in your house and it is stained, should you paint it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we get this question so much. In fact, I think I have one in my DTT inbox that I I still need to reply to. Somebody was asking me this not too long ago again. And I've gone through this with friends and everybody seeing the white and everybody likes the white and the clean and they see it on Pinterest and they see in the magazines and then they see their stain, uh, but they're not sure because they, their molding matches their floor and their husband or significant other likes their the molding and can't imagine why you would ever paint it white. You know, there were so many people that have seen my house and think, how could you paint all of that? Well, my my wood was not good here. And I've told you guys that before. So that's a good reason. If you don't have great molding and or the wood is not nice, it's not giving you a beautiful grain or you hate the color of the stain, then it's not like a should or would. But if, you, if you're being moved and you're thinking about painting it white, then I say do it because I love that look. I love crisp white or even a creamy white uh, butting up against a wood floor. I just think that looks so sharp. And I think the white molding, if you're painting it, if you're doing white, but if you're painting a color, just that how the way that pops against even a pale grease or something like that, it just gives more life to the floor coloring. It gives more life to the wall coloring. I love the look. Um, but I can see the hesitation. Uh, it, you can't really go back from it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's a beautiful look. I, the stained wood trim, it's another one of those things where, I, you know, I can see it's, it's you have to really think about it before you do it if it's stained because it's really hard to go back. But it's one of those things where it's hard to make that look good sometimes. I shouldn't say make it look good. That's not true. Uh, let me rephrase that. It's a, sometimes it's difficult to work with that is really what I meant if you have the stained trim. Uh, I've seen it done beautifully. Uh, and so if you have that and you want to keep that, I think please do keep it. But if you're wanting to paint it, um, it does have that crisp, clean look to have that trim painted, especially next to that hardwood floor. I think it's beautiful. Uh, so I guess if it were me, I probably would paint it unless there was something special about it. Unless unless I just thought it looked bright the way it was. Yeah. And it really depends on the house and the style of the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. somehow, you know, if you've got the, a cozy house and it's like a storybook in the woods or something like that, you know, it's okay to have the same molding. A real traditional house may be able to pull it off too. Um, I've seen it in the in the mountains. It's very common for people yeah. to kind of have a lodge cabin feel and right. and they're done. I mean, in there it makes sense and it's beautiful. And it depends also, I believe, on how much natural light your house gets. Uh, because certainly if you're painting a lot more things white, I mean, my house completely changed the way it looked, even though it, it does get a nat- natural light, but some rooms are darker than others, obviously. But when I basically used, you know, poured gallons and gallons of white paint all over it. Wow, what a difference. So if you're also a person that really craves uh, a lighter environment, it might be something that will make you happier. 
So, but that's a, that's a tough one. And I, people really struggle with that. So, you know, we could spend probably a whole episode on that. Maybe we will someday. Uh, but you know, talking about the floors and talking about the moldings makes me think of me just doing my real deep clean along with my purge. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon. All right. You ready for the next question? I am. Cue it up. Okay. How should I fill a large blank wall? Oh, that's another burning question. I know. I'm not a giant fan of the gallery wall. I think there's just, there's just too much room for error. Either there's too much stuff, the stuff is too small, you don't hang it right, you make extra holes. And it doesn't matter if you are, you know, Bunny Williams, hanging and making holes in your wall and getting a gallery wall right is hard. You could have been, you know, a professional decorator for 50 years and still not get it right. And it takes a long time to collect the right stuff. Again, you do not want to run out to home goods and fill your shopping cart up with like, you know, a compass print and a, a botanical and some other rando thing and then go make holes in your wall. So I think you need to really look for some signature art and a large scale. And you can find things that are not that expensive. Um, what was our sponsor around Christmas time? Um, art to Frames. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could get something that's not even framed. And Art to Frames has great selection of handmade frames that they'll make to your own size, which were very reasonable. You could think of something like that. Um, you could use textiles on the walls. Uh, you could even, if you had a room where walls were, you know, not too far apart, you could even do some sort of tension rod or rod that you, uh, you know, is a, that you kind of use those closet hangers for, and you could put fabric if you felt like, and maybe that's where you put your bed in front of that, something like that. Adding texture in different ways other than just don't hang one little dinky thing and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you on the gallery wall thing. I think you, there are some beautiful gallery walls, but that is can go wrong pretty quickly and it can look cluttered. And in general, they kind of, some of them do look cluttered to me. So, uh, you know, I think that it's harder to make that look good than, than it looks like. So, yes, you know, yes. not, not as great. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. I, I would say too, this is one of those questions where I don't think you need as much stuff on the wall as you think you do. So just because you have a big wall does not mean that you have to cover it up with artwork. So some of that, you know, let's let it slide. Uh, some tapestry, a tapestry or a rug, a flat weave rug or a beautiful 
antique oriental rug might be beautiful to hang on the wall. So if you really do want to put something there, I think that's certainly a way you can go. Another thing you can do is look online and look for some beautiful, uh, you know, I found some travel posters I loved that, that we bought that were reproductions. There's probably a lot of reproduction work that you can get like um, maybe movie posters or something if you wanted something big and splashy. I think that might be fun or some old advertising posters. Yeah, I uh, think we should do a whole episode on this because we get this question so much about you know sources for all these mm-hmm, things that we talk mm-hmm. about. Yes, um, that's a great idea. Another way to deal with a big wall like that, you know, and when we're talking about like a big wall, we don't even know what room it's in or something like that. So kind of use your imagination. Just um, take it in pieces. Don't look at it as the big wall. Maybe a nice size plant that's going to give you some height and a big textured basket that it's going to sit in. And then maybe next to it, you do a large mirror, something like this, or a a travel poster, something framed, then you're hanging actually something in the wall. But then that piece isn't alone. It's got, it's flanked on one side by this plant. And maybe you can put something else on the other side that's giving some height. Maybe you have a chair and there's a, a floor lamp behind it. So even though they're not on the wall per se, they're filling up the space that your eye would take in when it was looking at that wall. Yeah, what about a big mirror with some plates around the mirror? I love that look too. Well, a big mirror is always a go-to for me. Or just a big mirror. Yeah. 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 So those are lots of options. Okay. Here's another question. And I think we got an email recently on this one. I want to have privacy at night, but let the light in during the day. What, sh- what should I do for my big windows? Oh, for the big windows. Now, I would assume this is Oh, maybe not even about I'm saying going to a bedroom, but it could just be in a living room where mm-hmm. you know people can see yeah. in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my up, down, down, up shades because they can go, you don't have to have them up going up from the bottom up. So that I have the natural wovens and some of my windows I just have them and other ones I have really just for to add texture and for aesthetic purposes, I have some draperies coming down the sides. This is what we have in our bedroom. And I think they're terrific because even during the day, uh, if you don't want to have someone be able to see you from the outside, you just bring them down. And so the upper part of your window, the upper sashes are open and get letting in the natural light. But the bottom part where you, your body might be visible to the outside is still shaded and covered. Yeah, I think that's a nice option. Uh, I love using Roman shades or bamboo shades, and I think that's a nice option. And I like the, but you know, I think my biggest problem with shades are the the strings, the pull strings mm-hmm. that you use to open and close them. So I definitely recommend, highly, highly recommend that you use the cordless shades. And I've used Bally, and I'll I'll link to the ones that I have in my house. I I love them. They're very well made and they, you just pull them up or push them, pull, pull them down or push them up and they just stay wherever you stop. And then you don't have all those nasty cords that you have to yeah, deal do, with. I do have a lot of cords because I think in the up, down, mm-hmm. down, up, you know, you need the cord thing. You it took me a couple of days yeah. to figure out That's which one I was so using. so hard to deal with those. Mm-hmm. And it just yeah, and if you jumble. have littles, you also have to worry about those cords. So that would be definitely uh, something to look into if you have little kids or even pets that might be precocious enough to play around with 
cords. Right. So that can be, uh, you know, a danger for small children and pets. And another option, although this does really block some light, is to do the plantation shutters, which aren't as popular now, it seems like, as than they used to be a few years ago. But it's still a very valid option for you. But just keep in mind that even when the slats are open all the way, they do block a fair amount of light. So if you want all the light in, you're going to have to swing them open. Yeah. I, I I know that they had sort of a hot moment across yes. all yes. architecture. My old but house I really was, think they them. only should be on certain types of houses in certain places, oh, okay. in my opinion. All righty. Okay, so the next question is, does artwork have to match the room? And this is something that I feel very strongly about, that it does not. And I think when you go the, it's kind of the, you know, what comes first? Do you do the artwork before or after the room is done? I I like to add the artwork later and kind of with the room in mind, but not limited by the room. Because I kind of like to think, okay, I've got this size space. So for example, I can't buy a piece of artwork that's too big for this space. Or if I have a huge wall, I can't buy something small. So I'm going to keep in mind, you know, what the room is, but I go out and find some artwork that speaks to me. And then I, you know, go put it in the room, but I'm not really, you know, I might kind of go, oh, you know, I might have some colors kind of I'm thinking of, but I don't let that be the main deciding factor because I think then you end up with something that's the right size, that's the right color that you really are not that drawn to. I think the most important thing is that the artwork really speaks to you. Definitely. Definitely. You cannot have artwork that, you know, it's like a Garanimals to your furniture. (laughs) Yeah, the art should speak to you. And if you don't find any art that speaks to you, then find something else to put on the walls until you do. Don't force it. Yes. Take your time. And there are, go to art fairs, uh, craft fairs, things like that. There are artists everywhere that are creating really reasonable art. and Or there are artists that are fine artists and get paid a lot for their originals, but they do their reproductions and things like that. Um, what's that, girl? You might be... Is her name Deanne something? She she was like the darling of a lot of the bloggers for a while. She made those. She's a beautiful artist, and she made those like paintings of the barns and oh, and the cows. Know? Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Let's try to look up her her information and and put put that in there because it it is beautiful and um it would go with certainly a lot of neutral homes um. And it just, it's a very nice aesthetic, I think. Well, I can't think of her thing- last name off the top of my head, but she was always featured in lots and lots of magazines and things like that. I, I bet a lot of people listening are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is her name? So um, we'll look it up mm-hmm. and see okay. it in there. Someone well, like that where uh-huh. she is a great artist, but then she has this reasonable line where you can buy her repros. Okay, right. And I was just with a client this morning and her rooms were, I mean, the house was just beautiful. It was really such a lovely home. She had, it was just perfectly done. And really she was just looking for something to just kind of give it a little bit of pop. And so, you know, in one room I was saying, you know, we really, I'm thinking about some artwork and we're going to, you know, although she has a very limited color palette, which we talk about a lot of times, I don't really ascribe to doing the artwork that way though. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I think you, that's where you want it to really, 
you want to notice the artwork. So if it's just the colors in the whole room, then I think it's going to blend more. Yeah. And I think you really want it to stand out. So that's kind of my, my thought on that. Yeah. Or, uh, juxtaposing a, a, a completely different look. Like I love looking at these very traditional rooms that you might see in House Beautiful or Architectural Digest. And then above the mantle, there's this very modern, abstract, you know, sort of, you know, completely off the the traditional scale piece of art. And it it works. I love that. So I saved this one for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is it because it's hard? Is it a math question? I hope it's no, not a math No, it's not question. hard, but it seems rather controversial. Oh, mm. I'm not afraid. Oh, good for you. Uh, what's the deal with silk flowers? Are they out? Oh, what's the deal with uh, controversial? <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought you were like, okay, something about the White House. No, no, silk flowers. Okay. This can be, I've seen it get ugly over this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I think they're beautiful from a distance. Um, And I am tempted, I have to say, I have been tempted. Even Pottery Barn came out with a really nice line. I don't know if it was last spring and they're probably doing it again this year. I remember around Easter time last year, they came out with some beautiful, and I would look at the catalog. I'm like, that is so beautiful. But there's just something about fake flowers. I can do like a fake fern, maybe someplace where, you know, kind of the sun don't shine, but you want a little pop of green, but there's something about fake flowers that even most fake flowers are not cheap, even the mid ranged mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a faux silk flower arrangement. Um, and I know people do, but there's something about that to me that no matter how much you pay for it, it's just like, eh. it have just you doesn't seen these sit new, right with me. Have you seen these new preserved roses? That are no. sold by the dozen and they're sold in these boxes? No, I don't think so. Are I they, see. I can't. Do they look dried or do they look? They're live? not dried. They're not dried. They look like real ones and they're only supposed to last about a year. A year. But they're about four times, I want to say their smallest arrangement of maybe six flowers is over $100. Wow. And they're only lasting a year. So it's not like, a, yeah, they looked, at least on the website, they looked pretty real. I mean, they are real. I don't know how they did that, but anyway, that would be interesting to check into. Do you that. have the link for that? Because I, I, I will, I will get it. To see it, we all would, right? I will, I will find it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll include and, it, and, and then you like, can judge for yourself. Are they long stem roses? No, they're they're basically in a box. They're in a square box, and there are some are in a round box. So it looks like they're about. It's hard to tell from the picture. Maybe ten inches tall. Okay. So, and then you would put them in a vase? I don't know. I think they kind of are suggesting you keep them in the boxes, but maybe you you take them out. Well, I see it wasn't really clear to me. Okay. Well, let's dive into that and find out because I just did a little math on my head and I I didn't do it in my head, guys. Uh, But I think usually if I go to Trader Joe's and I buy the roses, the small bouquet of roses, maybe there's maybe sometimes eight, sometimes there's 12, but usually around eight in there and usually around six ninety nine. So if I bought one of those once a week for a year, that would be three hundred sixty three dollars and forty eight cents. So if you 
saw if, if Anita puts this link and these look good and they're it's $200. Like, I wish I didn't know now that I spend almost $400. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Although I don't buy them every flowers. week. Oh, Maybe every die. other Every other week, maybe not every, every other week, week but I don't even, I don't always buy the roses, but usually the roses there are around $6.99. Sometimes I just buy something that's like $3.99. Um, but you know, then it might be worth it. Yeah. Keep okay. That, I'll keep that for a year, but okay. I, you know, I don't, I'm not into dried flowers. There was a time for that and that mm-hmm. time is gone as far as I'm concerned. Status, well, dried flowers, all that. No, no, Every no. time I've had somebody come to shoot my house for a magazine, uh, they would take one look at my dried flowers and say, nope, 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 no can do because they said they just look dead yeah. in the photos. And then I went and looked at my pictures and thought, they do look dead. I have to no, get rid of these. No, well, I mean, lavender, I think looks good, especially. Lavender's like, different. Yeah. Lavender's it's good. It's not really, I don't know. It's, 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 um, it's fine. Although it sheds like crazy, but yeah, yeah. some of the other ones I thought, well, I think she was right. So. Yeah, I don't, I just, I think, you know, you got to, there's just times when you got to go with the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so there you I go. I hope I didn't cause anyone a, a stir there with that controversial question and my answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, one more question here, and that is how to choose a wall color. And that one, again, I think there is a particular order that you go in. And I think that you choose the wall color last if you have a choice, because there's just infinite options for the wall color. But usually if you're buying, for example, a blue linen, something, maybe you only have three blues to choose from. Or if you're buying some pillows or a sofa or something, there's, it's, there's only, there's a finite set of options available to you. So if you get all of that, then I think it's easier to do the wall color. And then I recommend when you're choosing a wall color that you paint that on a kind of a nice size board. And then you can see it, put put the board in your house next to all your furniture, all the colors, and see how it goes. And look at the board during the day as the sun rises, as the sun sets, and see if you're happy with that. And that, and I think that is really key is that you wait, do that last if you can. And secondly, to paint that test board, because as you experience it in your room, you're going to really, I think, have some clarity about whether it's the right color or not. Agreed. Yes. And it's, I mean, some people might say, that doesn't make any sense. I don't want to buy all my new furniture or have my furniture moved in and then have the painters come or be painting this on my own. But you know what? Yes, you do. Because I've had people say, oh, well, I thought that was going to match my couch and it doesn't. Or the tones that are coming off my blue couch are making my wall look different than I thought it was going to. You know, so you have to see how all the things live together. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely do that. And as Anita's saying, there is an infinite number of uh, paint colors that you can choose. Not only are so many paint brands, um, but you can have custom colors made. And so, I mean, really, you know, that's it. It's it's not. I'm not going to say painting choosing a paint color is easy, but it's easier to find something that will work with what you have existing than finding a floor or a sofa or what have you to match the paint color that you've already put on the walls. And hey, you put everything in the middle of the room, you cover it with some plastic, and you go to town. And then you, it's definitely the way to go. 
That sounds good. And that is the last question I have. Well, queued up I have today. a question if we've got some time for a listener question. Yes. Nancy O has a flooring dilemma. Okay. Yes. So Nancy has dark hand scraped maple flooring. Mm, sounds sounds beautiful. In most of her house. Mm-hmm. Then in the bathroom and laundry room, she has vinyl. In the kitchen, she has a stone floor. And I think she has three bathrooms and the laundry room. And that is the flooring she would like to change from vinyl to something else. Her her concern or question lies in what happens because the flooring is going to butt up against the hardwood. She's saying, does she try to get something super close? I guess, I don't know whether this is original flooring and she can't get more of it, or if it's a budgetary thing where she can't spend the money to get this hand-scraped maple in these other rooms. Um, So she wants to know, what would we do uh, as far as changing the hardwood in the laundry room and the three bathrooms? Okay. Well, oh, let me tell you this. To give a little more uh-oh. detail. Okay. Um, the bathrooms have white or white vanities with white subway tile, and her look is traditional uh, with a French country flair. So, who better oh. to dive into this question than you? Okay. Well, I do not think that there is a problem going with white floors next to hardwood floors. In fact, that's what I've done in my bathrooms and laundry room is that we have very dark wood floors with kind of a coffee stain on them. And I have white hex tile in one bathroom and the laundry room. And then I did the black, we did the black, um, black hex tiles in there to make little flowers. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you should just explain to anybody who doesn't know what the hex tile is. The hex, is it nine sides? I'm trying to think how many that is. I think is. a hexagon is six. Is it six? Six. Yeah, it's six-sided. <laughs> six-sided. Okay, the, well. And you're the engineer? Hello? I, <laughs> <laughs> one for me. That was kind of a math question. She was she was looking for that one. Let me oh, say. No. <laughs> she, did she just say nine? Okay, <laughs> what was that? Nine. Okay, so it's yeah, it's six sided. Um, that's correct, and it, it they come in sheets of all the white ones. For example, would be all on one sheet, and what you do is every so often you pop out the uh, you find the center would be white, but you would pop out a circle of of tiles around that center one, and then put place black ones in. And then you do that, and you count them so that it's a regular uh, spacing. And that's what they did in my bathroom. And it, it's a very 1900s, 1910s. Yes, I love that look. Mm-hmm. It's very um, craftsman style. And then in our uh, master bath, what I did was a really nice two, was, I'm trying to think what I did. It's like two feet. Is that right? No, it's one feet, one foot by two feet uh, ceramic tile, but it looks like marble. In fact, everybody thinks it is marble. Uh, but actually, they didn't come in that. Actually, to be honest with you, I think they came in two foot by two foot squares, and I had all of them cut so that they're one foot by two foot. And I put that in the in the floor, and it looks great, and it looks fine next to the dark wood. There's not, I mean, it's a different room. The door shuts. Uh, I've never felt like it looks odd, and uh, I'm I've been very happy with it. But if you have white subway tile, I think you'd be very happy with this look. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I actually really like the way that looks. Um, you're going to have a transition 
between the two floorings anyway. And as Anita said, that you know, oftentimes the door could be shut. But I don't think it'd be strange, you know, if you were if you had an open concept and all of a sudden you're going from the kitchen to the living room and the flooring isn't changing texture, it's just wood that's changing color would be really strange. Mm-hmm. And I think your instinct, Nancy, not to get a, a um, hardwood that's close or a pergo or something that's close to it, because that's going to look like, you know, what's the saying? Like close, but no cigar or something like that. Just like, right. eh, like that's I think not going to look good. If it's too close when you're doing something like that, sometimes it looks like you messed up or people think, did they really mean to do that? Because yeah, it looks like they out. were trying to match and they couldn't. Whereas right. when you go with a very def- definitive change, an obvious change it looks intentional it looks planned it looks like okay they meant to do this they weren't they didn't just run out they just chose this was a design decision right but also having had uh you know wood in bathrooms it it really um you know if if they're going if if there's going to be water splashing about i really would prefer tile in there personally yeah, and the same with the laundry room. I mean, you never know. I mean, yes. you know, you could explode a we did have pillow the, insert and have all the water go all over the floor. Well, and we had the wa- the washer that went out and just spilled water all over the floor, and I was very happy that we had tile floors when that yeah. happened. Yeah, I used um, the hex again, but in the marble in Carrera marble, and I got it at Home Depot. I couldn't believe that they had that on the sheets mm-hmm. at Home Depot. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're small and the sheets are 13 something a piece. I I couldn't believe that I was able to get that kind of marble floor for that amount of money. And even when I asked the, because I had to go to several Home Depots because I did all the the bathrooms in that going around because they would only have a certain number of sheets and I, my tile guy said how many I needed. And I said, why don't you have, uh, you know, stock of this? He's like, oh, nobody really buys that. And I thought to myself, why not? So I want to tell all of you, like, now I'm done. I don't need any more. Actually, I was at Home Depot the other day and I bought two more sheets and like in the just in case department, like, well, I don't know what could possibly happen to it, but I was like, you know what? I should just get for $26. I'm going to get two more pieces and tuck them away because I didn't have any extras. So um, she's going to be buying them all out. So just go to her. Yeah. She's yeah. Be hoarding. If and you need I'm it, gonna, just yeah, buy it from directly I'll sell from them to you for $15 Kelly. a piece. There you go. But, um, yeah, uh, here's the thing, Nancy, with that sort of thing, and I think w- with what Anita's sell- telling you about the, the white tile she used, you could also go buy a sheet. I mean, certainly at Home Depot, you can just buy one, and then you could take it home and put it on the ground, and it oh, probably yes. makes, you know, maybe, what do you think there, a foot by a foot or something like that. It's a nice size square, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you could just leave it there for a few days. You could push it up against the where the you know the threshold is and I see how you feel definitely recommend about it. I definitely recommend getting a sample and looking at it in the room. You're going to want to make sure that uh, because not all white is the same, I'm sure you know that. And sometimes oh, some that's is maybe point. a little more blue than other. You yeah. don't want to put it don't want to buy it all and then have it put in and realize, "Oh, this makes the other white look yellow." Oh, so that's really a really good to, point. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, because yeah, some of them are bright white and right. some of them are, are kind of toned down. So, yeah, I would definitely check that. That was smart. Not a good point. It's a subtle point, Anita, coming in there at the end. <laughs> this was well, fun. I I, th- I thought all the questions were really great. And they are, you know, it does remind me that maybe some of these things we should take and make an entire episode about them mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. these are big questions that you could spend a whole 
half hour plus, or now we're doing these shows for 45 minutes. We just can't shut up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what our problem is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, if you have a question you want answered, if you have tips for us, we want to hear what you have to say and we will, you know, include it in an upcoming episode. Email us at decoratingtipsandtricks at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from you. We get lots of pictures every week of of your homes, and I love seeing them. They are so so wonderful, and you know we share your joy when you have a decorating success. We are here cheering you on, and we're so excited for your success. Success. So please keep sending the pictures, and remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.